Hey, Steve, you know, I'm really hoping that, uh, you know, at some point we get, uh, have you been on Facebook and seen all these people talking about like the cost of matches and the cost of worlds and, and the deficit? Have you seen any of these posts? Oh yeah, absolutely. I have. I wish we could talk to somebody and really, you know, let's walk through some numbers, man. This is crazy. I know. I know it would be, it, it would be nice to get somebody on the, on the phone and, and the podcast and, and share that with everybody. Hey guys. Uh, I just happened to be popping in. This is Jake. I got this sheet of paper here. Um, I, I may be able to kind of clear some of this stuff up for you. Oh my hey, God. What's going that's, on, Jake? that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Jake, how you doing? Wait a second. We got to start this out. Right. Welcome back everybody to another episode of the steel target paint podcast. I'm Jeff Jones. And I'm Steve Foster. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing good. And, um, Jake's on the call. Hi, Jake. <laughs> hey guys. How are you? Doing well, good, doing good. well. So, Jake, what is that little piece of paper you got in front of you, and what can you share with our listeners? Well, I, I first want to kind of go back to the in-person meeting at World Speed, where we got together for the first time at World Speed, something that um, Sherwin, as uh, president, wanted to do is make sure that we had an opportunity for members at every one of our big events this year to get a chance to, to meet uh, the directors, the employees, and have a place to kind of talk about some stuff. And one of the questions that was brought up was, you know, the, the cost of that event. And I think there was, some, there was a lot of communication that went on and there was a little bit of miscommunication. Um, and there's still some people that, that are kind of curious and, and maybe a little bit of disbelief of uh, what some of the numbers are. So. Um, since we came out of that event, I've had an opportunity to do a little bit of, uh, a little bit of math on some things and, um, can go over some of that stuff. So have at, yeah, let's, let's, let's talk let's about walk, it. Yeah. Let's walk through it. And by the way, just before we get into that, I want to say personally, thank you to you, the organization Sherwin and everyone who was there. Uh, I think that member meeting was great. Um, uh, I was listening to, uh, a number of people talking about it and, my understanding is that was the biggest member meeting that you'd had um, um, so or close first, to it. Th yeah. So uh, I don't remember what the headcount was there, to be honest with you. Um, I know that the first one that we did where we, we, we made some big announcements about it and um, it was the first year of uh, Foley's presidency in 2016 under the, uh, uh, the pavilion there at Universal had like 40, 45 people. Um, and, and just over the years, they got smaller and smaller and smaller. And we did the same kind of announcements and stuff. But this time with, uh, with some of the technology that we're bringing and, and recording, which I wish we could have live streamed it, we weren't able to. In case anybody has any questions about that, uh, we've talked about it. You guys know yep. Verizon, they changed their towers around. We had like zero upload speed that was there. You couldn't, uh, you couldn't do anything. Um, but we've always done it at the big USPSA events. And, you know, per the bylaws, you really only had to do one in-person member meeting. And, and uh, Sherwin thought that was something that he could expand on because, you know, over the last year, there's been some, you know, a little bit of drama, a little bit of controversy. So let's give people an opportunity to talk about things. And, and uh, one of the things that I want to do is make sure that, that's why we started doing the USPSA podcast and, and doing the videos from the range and all that stuff is, it's just, 
let people know we do listen, we do hear, we are paying attention, we're not just shut off. We want to make changes. We want to make things better. Some things we can do, some things we can't do, and answer the questions that we can and, and clear some things up. So that's why I wanted to join you guys tonight and uh, and go over some of the stuff that people were kind of like scratching their head going, you know, 712 guns. That means they made, you know, $71,000. How, how could they how could they not make money off the match? Um, well, let's start right there. So what was the gross revenue of the match? So the final number, I actually don't have a true final number of that because the way the Stripe account works, um, all of our nationals are processed through the back of it. And they are tagged on there, which one is which, but then you have refunds and then you have um, uh, uh, when uh, through how Heather does the reporting that are on there, there's you know some discrepancy that comes out of when a refund hits and when it doesn't hit. There was about... And the number Zach and I looked at, there was about 600 paid entries. Once you take out, so the staff didn't pay for their two guns. Um, the the staff that included um, the salaried employees and the board members that were there were comp some of the slots. And then there were sponsored slots. So the 712 is not true paid. It sits right about 600 guns, a little bit less, but we'll, we'll just call it 600 guns. So income from the match was $60,000 roughly okay. uh, on entry fees. Um, we do receive $5,000 from Palmetto State Armory as part of their sponsorship as the title sponsor. And that $5,000 is actually turned back into the cash payouts that go back to um, the division winners and the special category winners and the class winners that are out there. So uh, that number we just turned into Heather was a little over $10,000. Okay. Um, so if you take, you know, $65,000 and take the $10,000 out that's paid, we're sitting roughly around $55,000 and revenue um, approximately on entry fees. And once the, the cash payback is done. So from there, um, we got roughly 50 staff that are on the ground. And one of the things that I wanted to clear up that I've seen in some of the conversations that go out there, and it was in the video where I had said, and you also have to take into account there's six salaried employees here. And people have taken that as that our salaries for the week on the ground are charged off against the match. That is not true. What I meant by that is, is that our travel and expenses also figured into being there at that event. Okay. So my my hotel cost, my meal cost are figured into just like the rest of the staff. Okay. Uh, it's different. It's different. Like mine and Sherwin and Troy's and, or, and Rick's are different because it's covered entirely as an employee, where it's up to three hundred and seventy five dollars in travel expense, and then the hotel's covered for. Um, the volunteer staff that's on the ground. So that's, that's a little bit of the difference. And I just wanted to clear that up. So people didn't think that our actual pay for the week was charged off against the match. Um, you, you can't do that. <laughs> okay. There's fair enough. There's that's law, good. There's, there's laws. <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, the like, ROs so, have got to be so my, yeah, so the my biggest cost. Is- the, the staff, because it's more than yeah. ROs. I mean, Zach and Donna and, and, and little Zach. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I mean, there's there's 
some... Yeah, John John Serafin that's yeah. there that comes in for setup. Joe and Carol Moreland that came in for setup. Yep. Um, uh, Jack Lancaster that came in for setup. So we had people traveling on Sunday that checked into hotels on Sunday and then check out until the following Monday. And then you had staff come in that checked into hotels on Tuesday night who didn't check out until Monday morning. Some checked out on Sunday just depending on how their drive was and if they decided not to go to the awards dinner or any of that stuff. So our overall hotel bill um, was roughly $30,000. And now are, are we talking just the hotel? Just the hotel. Okay. So, so there's that, 30 grand that, for the hotel. That includes, yeah, that includes um, the entire amount of people in this, and that was there. Okay for setup all the way through, including the, including the salaried employees, hotel costs and that okay. stuff. That, like, so our hotel costs are charged off against that as well as the, you know, the roughly 50 staff that are there. So that's, was right around, um, they were in the Fairfield Inn and the Fairfield Inn, we had a special rate of uh, $98 a night plus taxes, plus all that, which was about $119 um, Tuesday through Monday checkout. Okay. Um, some of the other things that uh, the staff is able to turn in mileage expenses uh, up to $375. Some of those haven't been turned in yet, but it's estimated to be roughly about 20,000 bucks that will be turned back in for mileage. And part of that also includes my mileage or Troy's mileage if we drove. Um, well, again, yes. So, you know, you've, yeah, so that's a total, a total write-off on there. It's, it's, so it's roughly about 20 grand that's going to be in the travel reimbursement. Okay. Now you got uh, per staff, diem. Yeah. So staff gets $25 a day per diem um, for the staff that's on the ground. And that is from the days that they travel and the days that they're on the ground. Um, and that's uh, about $7,500. Uh, the other thing is that uh, Troy does a very good job of making sure that they have the cool techware um official NROI jerseys, which we have to buy. Uh, we do have some of those that are left over from the year before. Um, and then we also, we work with some of our partners. Uh, all the staff got a really cool gun case from uh, CED Double Alpha, but we purchased those uh, at a discount. But between shirts and the gifts that we purchased them was about $3,600. Okay, so um, just just right now... <laughs> Okay, so but the <laughs> where, where, we sit, is, where we sit, where we sit with a number right now. Well, so the other thing that you figure into that is also that uh, we we purchased from the lunch provider that was there. We guaranteed uh, a certain amount of lunches every day, which also covered the vendors, which also covered just carryover because you never really know how many lunches they're going to be able to sell because mm -hmm. of the way the format is. Right. I can't tell them that there's going to be one hundred and ten people eating lunch yeah. every day. Right. Um, but we covered a hundred lunches every day, uh, for the entire time that was out there. And that was, uh, $5,500 okay. just for the staff lunches. So when you figure all of that stuff, including the snacks and the water, um, that we purchased, uh, it's about $68,000 now. So we're already, we're already $13,000 in, into the sure. red. And there's an RO appreciation dinner, as I remember. That is correct. Okay, so that's got to cost. That's figured. That's figured. That's figured in that fifty-five hundred bucks. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah. Now, so then the other things. Okay, the other keep things going. That we go into. Um, 
the lovely CMP range. Yep. Uh, that is not free. <laughs> as as much as as much as people may run their local club match or they run their state match and don't have range fees, we do uh, because we get the use of two sets of steel, all fifteen bays, three full time employees, and the clubhouse. Um, with that cost, uh, we also purchased all of the paint from from Larry Joe Steely Steel Target Paint um, at a discount. It is part of the deal that we had plus all the two by fours, the supplies, and then um, the porta johns that they have there on the range. We pay for the service of those porta johns while we're on the range, which is uh, Sunday through Monday. So that total is right about $17,500. Okay. On top, on top of the 68,000 that we're already at. Sure. Uh all the cool steel challenge hats and the uh, match uh, tough products PVC patch that they did the match logo. That was a swag item this year Yep, that we purchased. Um, the hats were purchased from Techwear USA, the patches from tough products. That was about $4,000 for those. Uh, Manny Bragg, the cups and the trophies uh, was about $2,500. The awards location at uh, the International Motorsports Hall of Fame um, that was twenty five hundred dollars. To by the way, this by the way, I've been to this is my fourth Worlds, and we've we've been crammed into the meeting room at the CMP. We've been out yep. back at the CMP. I yep. love the venue. Yes, yeah, I, and the venue, the venue was actually originally the venue was going to be inside the Talladega Raceway, um, which uh, we did in October at the USPSA event. And the reason why we weren't able to do that, um, there was a couple of reasons. Um, the biggest one, it was a little bit cost prohibitive this time. Their costs went up to rent that facility. Um, it would have been almost twice as much versus the Motorsports Hall of Fame. Um, and you had to use their on-site catering so the cheapest meal on the on-site catering there inside the Talladega Raceway was three times as much as what we were able to pay uh, the caterers that we did this time. So, and that that meal, um, again, we, we guaranteed them 300 meals, whether there was 300 people that ate or not, uh, at the price was a little over $5,000. Um, so when you add all that stuff up, I mean, we're, we're roughly sitting at about a hundred thousand, a little over a hundred thousand uh, dollars. Some of the travel is still, like I said, they're still not all of it's turned in. So that 20 grand, it could be 15, it could be 18. Um, but we're estimating around 20. So we're, we're just going to sit roughly about a hundred thousand dollars to put on the world speed shooting championship this year that covers everything to be there at that facility, the awards, all that stuff. Um, is, is what it costs to put on a, a five day long event, uh, at that facility. And I don't think there's a better facility out there that gives us the access that we have at the CMP, uh, the access to get to the cost around it, as far as your travel, your hotels. Um, there's a lot of things that figure into that. I mean, we're, we're just to give anybody an idea we have an event in Grand Junction, Colorado in June 
the hotel cost is about $60 a night more per room. And that's a, a USPSA nationals. That's going to have more stages, which also means more staff. Yes. Yeah. So the one thing that is a constant at the world speed shooting championship is, is that it's eight stages. Um, we have actually grown the staff a little bit more each year. And part of that is, is because you can't just have two people on the stage at no. the, at that championship. It's not like, it's not like at your, you know, your state championship. And there's, there's nothing wrong with having a state championship with only two people. Um, but at the world speed shooting championship where people are, you know, setting world records, you've got to have somebody on the timer. You've got to have two people on either side. You got to have people watching, um, you know, for a footfall on outer limits, you got to make sure that, you know, make up shots on roundabout or, or speed option or, you know, smoke and hope. Um, you can't just do that with two people. How about just the fact that you watch one of these amazing shooters shoot a one eleven on smoke and hope. And you're like, what did I just see? Right. <laughs> I blinked. <laughs> and this, and this is the one thing that people need to understand too, is that four or five ROs that are on there. Part of the other reason is that is that come Sunday afternoon, when you're running your um, 10th match and your whatever string you're on, right? You've been out there for five days. That mm -hmm. RO has been on the ground for five days outside from 9 a.m. until 6.30 with a 45-minute break in the middle of the afternoon. And they're making sure that the calls are right, the scores are right, the times are right. So four or five ROs, yeah, that, that's what we have for those eight stages. And that's why. And, and you know, God bless them, because after about the, you know, the fifth person I've ran on a timer, I'm, I'm like, uh, you know, the, the, the repetition of being on the timer on that for me is a little bit different than it is on the USPSA side because you're, you're moving, you're not static. Right. Right. Um, and so, you're yeah. also, you know, and of course, after, after, you know, the, the, the course of fire is shot, then you're moving around and you're, and you're, right. and you're scoring the targets and, and there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot more movement. It's amazing. I had been an RO for two years. I think the first two years, maybe the first yeah. year I was there. I think and the first year you did outer limits, didn't you? Yes, I did. And it's, it's four people exhausting. is, it's is exhausting. Yes. It's good. I mean, because after, you know, even if you go from, from timer to tablet to spotter, yeah, you can be that other spotter, but you need just like to be able to decompress. Yeah. And on those stages, we, we normally have four or five people. Um, yep. But so, yeah, we've, we've grown it a little bit on the staff side of it. Um, we, we, uh, we actually, and it bit us a little bit in the ass. Um, we shortened set up by one day um, knowing just, just trying to save a little bit. So we didn't start set up until Monday morning. Um, and it was a little bit rougher than, the presentation on the first morning of the staff shoot, when you came out there that, that Wednesday morning, you're like, we need to straighten some things up. Um, there, there are some things that still need to be shimmed. Um, it wasn't as tight as, as what it sh should have been if we had that extra day. Um, so, 
you know, a lesson learned there, but that, you know, was also trying to save a little bit of cost and expense. But the reality of it is, is that, yeah, it's, it's about, you know, 35 to $45,000, just depending on what the final amount of travel that's turned in above entry fees. So people ask, how can you do that? Well, activity fees. So the way the organization is set up is that we, re- we receive income basically three main ways, uh, membership, activity fees, and then our partnerships and advertising and royalty agreements. Um, membership obviously is the bulk of where the income comes in that runs the day-to-day operation of the organization. Uh, activity fees are designed, um, it was originally designed on the USPSA side to offset the cost of national events. And then when the classification system went into the world speed shooting or the, the still challenge side of it, it was to offset the cost of the world speed shooting championship. Now, little known fact is that even when the World Speed Shooting Championship was outsourced with other people running it, not being ran through the organization, it never ran into the black then either. Now, the range that hosted it may have been okay running into the black, but the payout side of the awards and the cost of the the coverage and the staff on the ground and all that stuff always was in the red for the organization. So even back in 2011, 10, 12, and the last year that it was out in uh, California, it's always been 30 to $45,000 in the red for the org. It's, it's never been a profit center and none of the nationals have been. I was going to say, and this, this has got to be the same for all of them. Uh, yeah. Regardless oh, yeah. of, you know, the, for all the pistol events in USPSA, uh, multi-gun, um, it doesn't sound like any of them really have the potential to be in the black. No, no. And that's partly by design. I mean, they could be. They, they obviously could be. I mean, you know, the entry fee could be 150. It could be 200. Um, but at a certain point, there's, there's, a, there's a tipping point, right? You know, 400 competitors at $200 a head is the same as 200 competitors at $400 a head. Right. And there's, there's a give and take there someplace. Um, and since the org financially, even though there's a deficit budget that is this, this year, that's projected for this year, financially, um, there's investment accounts, there's a cash account. The money that has been, you know, wisely saved and and not blown on, you know, crazy ideas and and things like that um, are designed to support the org in times where you have a downturn in activity or you have a downturn in membership. In this case, you have a downturn in, you know, when when we hold, right, to give you an idea. So if you're a life member and you pay five hundred bucks. We have to hold that $500 for 20 years. And then it basically, we service you at $25 per year um, as a life member. That money gets put into CDs and investment accounts that sit there. um, And sometimes the investment accounts show a gain and sometimes they show a loss. Well, if anybody's looked at their 401k or cryptocurrency or, or whatever else is going on right now, 
investments are showing very large losses right now. So that's one of the things that shows us a deficit on the budget that's out there. Um, we did pick up another event this year. I, I presented about having multi-gun nationals brought back on top of still having two gun. Um, and that was at a financial drain. Uh, and it's, you know, it's up for discussion as to whether USPSA should be a multi-gun or not in multi-gun because we don't collect any activity fees off of it because nobody runs USPSA multi-gun outside of nationals. On the steel challenge side of USPSA, there was uh, about 72,000 activities last year, which sounds, sounds really good. That, that number has grown you know, exponentially each year. Um, but that's at an average of $1.12 per activity, about $80,000 in activity is what's collected on the steel challenge matches at your, at your local right. club, your tier lots one, of, tier two. Lots tier of level three. ones, lots of level ones, <coughs> some, you know, more every year, but a lot, you know, level twos. Right. And then uh, I think uh, what world speed in area is considered level three, right? Correct. Right. So, you know, so. Uh, it's a buck per gun at your, a buck per gun at your club match. Yep. Um, if you run a, if you run a state championship or a section championship, it's, it's two fifty per gun. And if you run an area or a tier three, it's $5 per gun um, is what the activity fee is. So the mm -hmm. average is uh, last year was about a dollar 12, if I remember, remember correctly off of it. So it's about $80,000. So the difference of, what we're in the red for the match is covered by the activity fees. Now, and this isn't, I don't, I don't want this to be taken as a negative against the steel challenge shooters, because I mean, you guys know I shoot steel challenge. I yep. I'm, I'm chasing, <laughs> I'm chasing masterclass in all the divisions except for revolver because I'm not a masochist. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, That's not what I heard. I, I, yeah, I, I enjoy the hell out of shooting steel challenge. Um, and I, I, uh, I, I think there's a lot of opportunity that's still out there to even grow it more. Um, and then, you know, three years ago, put this whole big plan out there about growing it internationally and all kinds of stuff. But, um, you know, when you look at, if we doubled the size of the matches that are shot right now, you're only looking at increasing about 80 or $90,000 in activity fees, which right. is a substantial amount of money, but, on the USPSA side of it, because the classification system is a lot different and there's more clubs um, that are out there. I mean, we bring in between 550 and $600,000 a year in activity fees on the USPSA side of that. Um, wow. And it's because it's, it's, it's tiered a little differently that's out there. And this isn't, this isn't one of those things about, you know, this is why USPSA doesn't care about still challenge. I, I believe people are seeing that that's not the case. Um, there's a lot of emphasis that's being put on it, uh, on making sure that there are voices heard, making sure that we fix the registration system, um, making sure that we're, we have the dates of the events out there, that we're, um, we, we're, we're looking at the peak stage times. And we're looking on how if you want to do the step back in your classification because the peak stage times have moved up on that. So we're listening, we're doing all of that stuff. We're paying attention and we're making it um, what the competitors are coming and telling us that they're looking for. Um, but understand that, you know, for anybody that sits there and says, well, you should have a rimfire world speed shooting championship and a centerfire, you know, one out there that financially, that's just not going to happen. <laughs> so, 
you know, the, the numbers tell you right there that you, you can't split it up like that. Um, I heard somebody say also, that. I heard somebody say that. And I looked at him and I said, you know, that's an interesting idea. I think we're going to put rimfire pistol on Tuesday. And, you know, they're like, well, <laughs> why would it be on the weekend? And I'm like, well, see, there's right. the answer. It's 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 everybody wants to shoot on the weekend. Yes, they <laughs> you know, do. right. Uh, so and, and, and I bet you people I've, talk I've, about is. Is is, well, why don't you just make the match bigger? Well, if I make the match bigger and there's this idea that's out there of why don't you run two steel challenge matches at the same time? There's places that could host eight stages over here and eight stages over there. Well, yes, that's true. However, twice guess what I need on those other eight stages? Twice ROs. Yep. Another, another, right. Um, I don't think the answer is increasing entry fees. I don't think the, uh, um, the answer is finding a cheaper place to run the match. I think the answer is that uh, on the USPSA side of our leadership, that um, we need to be able to look at some of the other costs that we have that goes into just the, the production of nationals in general um, and where we can uh, decide to cut here or there. Um, and there's other things that are on the back end that, that we can do to beef up the bottom line on the PNL. Um, we have an office that's not being utilized out in Burlington, Washington over the last two years, just because of the COVID and everything out there. So it's, it's time to decide, is that expense a year necessary when everybody's working from home? And are we, are we losing any services if we get out of it? Now there are certain things that you have to do. There's certain records and payroll records and filing and, you, you got to have a place to have that. Right. Mm -hmm. So you can't just, can't just close up shop and be like, Oh, well, Oh shit. We're, we're in violation of, of, yeah. uh, of these federal, federal payroll laws. Cause we did, we threw all these records away and stuff like that. So, um, and we do service members. So everybody that signs up, you know, they get the, the annual edition of the magazine. That's a print version. They get the stickers and the patches and, and all that stuff that's, you know, physically mailed out to them. So, those are, those are things that are kind of being talked about. Unfortunately, we've been a little, like I said, a little stalled over the last year with some of the uh, controversy and drama that we've self-inflicted ourselves with. There's but controversy and happened. drama in, in USPSA. Go on. Tell me more, Jay. Oh, that's a different <laughs> yeah. podcast. Wait, what, what rock have you been under? He's, yeah. he's been living under the rocks on his whole range. So, uh... yeah. Well, I mean – I mean, it's, it's one of these things that, uh, I mean, we've, we've had a few changes and a few shakeups, but in the course of all of that, we just pulled off the largest world speed shooting championship ever. By, we had by a more, big number, by a right, we had, big number. <laughs> and we had more first time shooters at this world speed shooting championship than we've ever had. We've I, had I, I more was... first time ROs work it than we've ever had and while while people can sit there and be like ah yeah you know we're we're losing money we're not we're 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 in the entertainment business when it comes to putting on these events and it costs us more than the entry fee um and i'm perfectly fine with that the board's perfectly fine with that and i hope the competitors are perfectly fine with that and they walk away from it saying that was fun we need to do it again well i think your your point of you know 400 shooters at $200 is the same as 200 shooters at 
And I think the organization would much rather have 400 shooters at the match um, because yeah. it, they're servicing more of the members. Um, yeah. And, and then, you know, the other thing that's kind of controversial right now is the slot system. Um, and I know that you and uh, Zach have actually kind of gone back and looked at, you know, the proposed slot system, how many people would earn a pre-registration slot for this match. I think they would be shocked that it was, you know, I, Zach, Zach had the number, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was 55 or 56. And that was before Zach brought up the concept that we have at the World Speed Shoot of super squats. Right. Because you can look at super squads and going, that's technically a pre-registration slot. Now you're getting a pre-reg you're getting a slot for a specific squad for a specific gun. Right. But it's one you don't have to sign up for. Right. Yeah. You know, um, so it actually still, it, it actually it's it's, yeah. it's more. Yeah. And there's yeah, I think people would be surprised. Uh uh, I mean, we haven't finalized that whole policy yet. But yeah, running the back numbers, it was like 53 to 55 before we did the super squads and there were B and C shooters. Um, It's, it's just the way the process works and the number of people. And, and there was a considerable number of seniors and super seniors and ladies. And, and we didn't even take into account the new concept of lady, junior, lady, senior, um, right. you know, the big thing right. it, to remember, it's a, it's a really good, it is a really good cross section of everybody. Yeah, absolutely. That it, in their division class category performed well enough to earn a pre-registration slot. So it's not an invitational only concept. No, really all it is, is an opportunity for somebody that performed well enough the previous year to register early. They don't have to, they don't have to come back. It's just, it's a, it's a gratis, right? You, you perform well enough to come back and get first dibs to shoot on which day and what squad you want to start in which stage instead of the rat race of, of trying to get in early um, is, is the idea behind it. Uh, it's performance based. And, and I've always been, you know, we're, we're a, we got a classification system. We have peak stage times. We're in the performance based business as far as, you know, ranking people and you're out there ranking yourself against the people you're shooting with. So if you do really well and it's not all sponsored shooters and it's not all super squad people, it's, it's like you said, it's B and C class guys and super seniors and and seniors. And and it's a good representation of the people that are out there performing. Um, And then when you do open registration, like we do on the, on the USPSA side of it, that's where you get the opportunity to, add another gun or get somebody in that may have not had a chance to shoot it, to get in on that. And it's always been, you know, 55, 50% uh, availability and open registration. So I don't, well, I don't nice want people to get that, nervous about it. Yeah. You know, the slot policy for everybody that's listening that said, Oh man, you know, I didn't, I didn't get to go to the world speed shoot this year. Um, it's going to carry down into the area matches as well. Correct. So, you know, I think area eights this weekend. Um, that is correct. Now we haven't finalized the policy and that's okay because the right. numbers will be final. And, and once we finalize the policy, um, you know, you'll have that list of people that you're going to be able to contact to say you've earned a slot 
to register for the well, here's the part I, here's the part i want people to understand is one of the reasons why we haven't finalized the policy is because we want to get the results from all the matches to see which which number in the policy we should go with is it yeah. one gun is it two guns is it three guns um and you won't know that until you actually get all the results back to come mm -hmm. back and that will then determine whether we do you know 10 guns pm eight guns am next year at world speed or we do nine and nine right or you know that that 18 is kind of what you look at but what we noticed is is that you know finishing at 6 30 6 40 every night is makes for a long night mm -hmm. um, it really does so do you do you go eight and eight do you go 10 and eight do you go 10 and seven do you go nine and seven um and that really de determines on how many slots the match should hold i i think when we increased it to meet the demand of the people that were on the wait list um, because of the screw up with the registration system and practice score, uh, we made it too big. Not, not, I'm not saying like a hundred slots too big. I mean, we added uh, 36 slots, I think was the number that we added when we did the increase. I think we made it a little too big. Um, and it, and it showed a little bit, if you were out there, the energy, by the time you, <laughs> By the time you get to Friday and Saturday, the energy was starting to really dwindle because it was very, very long days. Mm -hmm. um, so that's part of the reason why there's not a set policy in stone is because we need to see what, you know, if there's if there's only 150 guns at Area 8 this weekend, they're probably only going to be, you know, 10 people from that match. If there's right. 400 guns at Area 8 this weekend, that's going to change. So, so you're telling me... So historically, yeah, Area 6 <laughs> has been like one of the last area matches. It tends to be, I think, in November. So um, everybody should hold tight and, and get a chance for some of these other area matches to get in. It might not be that late, but I mean, it, it makes a lot a really of sense to idea. understand what. Yeah. So you can you can look at registration, you know, 60 days out and get a pretty good idea. Yeah, be, well, because that is as long as like we couldn't do that with World Speed because the one thing that we didn't do when you register, you don't put in your classification, right? Because there's going to be a classification yeah. update. So, uh, and there's always that chance that you know, based on somebody who registered two months ago as a uh, you know a C class or a B class, may have increased their classification. And of course, when that match does the final tally, they'll do a classification update. And you'll be right. shooting your new class. So, but it's close. You're it's right. Close. It is, it is close. It, it, it'll get you, it'll get you within a, in a 10 to 15% kind of number. Yeah. Um, that'll get you pretty close to figure out just exactly what it should look like. But we know we're going back to the CMP. We know what dates that we're going to be out there. We know that we're going to be in the 675 to 700 gun range um, on a standard schedule. We've had some conversations about, you know, if we set up on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday morning, can we get, um, you know, some of the staff to shoot their two guns on Tuesday? Um, and that opens up Wednesday completely uh, for there. So, that, I mean, there's conversations that Zach and I have been having 
even even sitting there at the match, you know, we were we were having those conversations. What, what can we do next year to improve? How can we? Which right. I think is great. You know, if you're if you sit on your laurels and you just go, "Hey, we just broke a record. We did great," and you yeah. guys are actually going, "Wait, there were some things that still didn't work." Yeah, there and there still are. And like one of the things that I threw out to you guys coming out of there is, you know, the the excitement part of it. Um, you know, I tried getting with one of our sponsors about having a side match um, that was going to happen during the match. What I wanted to do is I wanted to set zigzag up over there on the function fire bay um, and have people go over there and, and, and be able to win a firearm from this manufacturer. They weren't able to get us the firearms um, in time to do it. So that's still on the table. Uh, I think that, uh, that the special awards for steel master, rimfire master, rifle master, um, I'd like to see a much bigger deal made out of those. I'd like to get with some of our uh, vendors um, to see if they want to put a little bit more cash behind that to get more people running for Steel Master. Um, we've had the conversation about should we do something around Centerfire Master, where you shoot an iron sight pistol, an open pistol, and a PCC. And those are the three guns that qualify in Centerfire to have a new category that's out there to, to, to get people shooting centerfire. Not that, not that there's anything wrong with it being so heavy on the rimfire side of it. Um, Cause that's just, it's faster. It's easier. It's, it's um, I don't want to say easier. It's just, it's, it's less, it's less difficult, which is, you know, easier, but it's, it's, the definition <laughs> it's less easy. difficult than, yeah. <laughs> It's less difficult than, than the, than the draw of a center fire. Pistol. Yeah. I, I think the barrier to entry to shoot rim fire. Okay. It's a lot lower than it is to come out of a holster and shoot an open gun or iron sight pistol. Okay. It's a, uh, it, it's a different beast, but it's been interesting to see over the last, I think this was my eighth world speed shoot. Uh, my first one was in 2012 down in Florida. And that was back in the day. I, feel like an old timer. I mean, 10 years ago, Kenny right. Nagata was four, but, right. um, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's one of those things that that's sick you know, me. Yes. It, it I know. Is. Right. Yeah. I know, Thanks Steve for that reminder of how in? old I am. <laughs> yeah. Jeff is way old, but, but even at that match, I remember, you know, it was back in the format of really shoot, you know, uh rimfire pistol, if you will, on Friday, and then your limited gun and then your open gun. But it was, you know, back when Casey Cochran was shooting, I squatted on Sunday with Casey and um, Jesse. And that was probably one of the best head-to-head ladies centerfire matches I've ever seen. I was shooting an open gun. But, you know, it was back. There were some people walking around with a rifle. I'm like, what the heck? What are you doing with that thing? Yeah, where'd that come from? Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. And so. You know, it's pretty cool, but it is interesting over the course of time how things have really changed. And then, you know, because of work and that kind of thing, my next world speed shoot actually shot with you and Dave Savigny out in California. And, right. uh, you know, Mike was out there with his uh, JP PCC and I shot that. And I was like, man, this is really cool. But it's really interesting how things have shifted away from you know, the handgun side or the centerfire handgun side to, uh, you know, rimfire doesn't make it wrong or bad or any no. of those kind of things, but it, it's interesting. No, th- you know, th- there's hey, a lot Steve, of people you, though. 
Do you want to know what you shot yeah. back in 2013? Because I've got it right here. 2012. <laughs> um, I I have 2013. I don't see. You might have been maybe a different name uh, for uh, for that, but uh, uh, you've definitely gotten faster. Let's just put it. Because <laughs> I, I think I shot like a 135 in production. You uh, it was a 139. Okay, look at that. Look at that memory for me. Ten go. years ago. Yeah. But it rimfire pistol, I think I was like in 13th. Overall, uh you were in worse. 12th place. Hell yeah, I was. Uh with an 8892. Is that crazy? That's crazy. And what was uh what was the what was the, the time coming out of the one just now? Uh, uh well we can't he Steve had to he DNF'd his gun. No, uh, I mean the the fastest time. So oh, you were you were you were fifty five. Yeah, so you were in the top fifteen with an with an eighty eight, right? Oh, oh yeah, I was in twelfth place. Don't, don't shortchange me. <laughs> All right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now um, with an eighty eight, you'd have to scroll down three pages. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah, mean, we've down, had the discussion. You're down, you're down there where I'm shooting. <laughs> we've had that discussion a number of times where it's like everybody was chasing that seventy, and and it got broken. Then everyone's like, screw 70. We're going right to 60. <laughs> yeah. So here's, so here's the funny thing. And this is the part that kind of got me thinking about that, you know, the centerfire master. Um, and I was talking to, to Colby Pavlot, right. And, and Colby's been doing this for a long time. Um, and he was more excited about his revolver shooting. Yep. Being Broke only 100. one of, yeah. Only one of three people ever to break a hundred shooting revolver um on this and um that's that's where i in my head i'm sitting here thinking he considers himself to actually be kind of like the third generation of steel challenge shooters and when you when you kind of look at when you go back to the old hat guys you know robbie and jerry barnhart and um you Jeff know Rowe, and stuff I mean, yeah you can go back down then, the line yeah and then, there, then there's there's then you go to max and casey and and Jesse um, and Shane, uh, and then you drop down to you know Colby, um, Cole Bush. Uh, you know those guys are kind of that third, and now you're into you know uh, the <laughs> the fourteen year old wonder kids and stuff out there that I'd like to see them pick up centerfire pistols, yeah, and add that and chase that. Um, either chase it on the steel master side of it or chase it on the center fire side of it um, and grow them into, uh, you know, chasing that additional title or additional challenge that's out there. Um, like I'm you not said, saying it is, it's it the is right hard. choice. I'm not saying it's it, the right it choice, difficult. but yeah, but the potential, cause you and I had talked about this and I sent you an email with some of my thoughts, but right. you know, you just brought, you brought an idea here and maybe to grow that, there's a category-based steel master. So suddenly now, the junior that is interested in trying to compete against this, who is going, now, wait a minute, I'm competing against Jesse. I'm competing against if KC decides to shoot an iron sight. I'm competing against, you know, some of the past winners, Ethan in a condo and Dave Savigny. But now I'm just competing against other juniors who are doing this it's not a, saying it's the right choice but again this you, you gotta well, throw these ideas out and let them <laughs> let them right 
you know, float so, around because so, again, the whole so, the, so those older those older guys on the rimfire side of it will be like, I can't keep up with that. Game. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, well, yeah. We'll see, we're yeah. going to start new. There's new categories. There's going to be there's going to be 21 to 25, and then there's 25 yeah, to 35. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let, let me let me let me tell you my thoughts on that on another podcast. <laughs> Uh, but, I got but time. Speaking of that, yeah. Speaking of that, I, I, I what, what really kind of got me excited about it is, is that, um, you know, we just crowned a new steel master, and it's the first time that a lady uh, had won that. And yep. I mean, and Jesse's always been at the top. Let's let's not discredit her as, as she's always been at the top, even on the USPSA side of it. Um, I want to see more competition that's out there to challenge Jesse, to challenge Casey, to, to get Shane to stay an extra day, to bring back, you know, um, some of those guys to, to have Max Michelle come back and be like, all right, let's, let's do this. And then at the same time, have these young kids um, step up to a different platform as well and just expand what they're doing. I mean, cause once, once the gun's out of the holster, they're on autopilot anyway. So we just got to get them to learn how to draw and hold their hands up. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Shooting with Kenny Nagata though. It's very interesting. That kid has a, you know, he can transition the gun and we all know that his draw is very, very good. Right. It, it's it, yeah. He's got, he's got a draw like, you know, Casey coming out of, you know, the, the army, you know, that kind of fast. And, and it's, right. you know, it's, it's on target every time. It, it's pretty interesting to watch. Yeah. I, I went over there and congratulated him and I, you know, thanked his dad and, and talked to him a little bit and then told him that, you know, that he needed a girlfriend and a driver's license to really start <laughs> distracting him. And his dad was like, no, 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 no. And then, then you look up there and I, I went back like a half hour later and I was like, I've not seen him not up there taking a picture with one of these other young ladies. So you're in trouble. Oh yeah. Oh, his, yeah. his dad just kind of looked at me. Yeah. His dad just kind of looked at me and shook his head. And I was like, yeah, have fun, have fun raising a teenager. And I just walked off and left him with that. <laughs> oh yeah. No, no. There's some Kenny fever amongst the young ladies. I'm not going to mention any names, although it's tough not to. Yeah, I think I think if you if you follow along, you know, hashtag Kenny, um, <laughs> you'll, you'll see. Oh God! Now we've got a hashtag for him. Doesn't he? I don't know if that's already? his hashtag or not. I don't know. I'm sure if hey, it's not, then uh, every Jam every Worldwide Productions over here gave that to him. <laughs> you know, every hashtag I'm thinking of is not for this G-rated show. So I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll text you guys later. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I hope I hope that this clears up some of the information for the people that that are are still like scratching their heads, saying, you know, have, you know, how can they how can they run in the red? Um, it's by design. Um, we are not we're as an organization, we are not going broke. There is um, the nine nineties and uh, some of the stuff. I believe the minutes from the board meeting last night. So we're recording this on a on a Thursday night. We had a we had a board meeting. Last last night, um, that went over budgets and releasing 990 information, budget information, financial information. As if it's not up on the website tonight, uh, it'll be in the downrange newsletter tomorrow with links that are back on there. It's not this, you know, USPSA can't pay its bills or any of that stuff. There's there's several millions of dollars that are you know kind of stacked up 
that are there. Some of it is in reserve. Um, some of it is, is cash on hand. Um, and then there's assets that, um, while we don't own, we don't own property, we don't own, um, you know, steel and any of that stuff that's around the country. There are assets just in the name USPSA, the name still challenge. The rule books are all copyright and protected. The logos are all copyright and protected. Um, we have some really nice agreements with partners like federal um, and some of those that are out there. Um, we have the advertising that's in the magazine, which actually is our third largest revenue stream. It's what we actually pay taxes on. Um, we're not, you know, even as a non-for-profit, we do pay taxes on that stuff. Um, and the magazine is, is in the black. It's not in the red. Uh, so there's, there is, uh, nothing for people to start really you know flipping flipping out well, about I, I think you're always going to have the haters and the naysayers that are out there they're just looking for anything to shit on and right that's fine I, well, for me i mean this is not just this match and it's not just this year right no no it's, I, maybe it's, it's just been more vocal and and yeah, people are glomming onto it um yeah i mean that doesn't of everything it's because of everything that's opened over the last year. I've been in I've been in this role originally part time, starting in 2014. I went full time in 2017. Um, we've never made money on nationals ever, whether it was outsourced or not. Um, they're they they're not they're not profit centers, and they're not designed to be profit centers. They're never be designed to be profit centers. Even if we owned our own range, the cost of owning that own range will never offset the profit center that's out there just because the staff and the upkeep and all those other things. And, and not that, not that I'm saying we should own our own range. We actually per our bylaws, we can't. Um, it's much better to have partners like CMP partners, like, um, like we, we used to have down at universal partners that were growing with grand junction at cameo. Um, and then we're even looking at, uh, at the Belusa County, Corcus range down there as he's continued to grow of what what we're able to move around the country match wise but as far as still challenge we are perfectly happy with our arrangement that we have at the cmp um, the location the range itself the facility everything that is there um, and the matches continue to grow 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 at that location in california um, it was not growing. It was going in the opposite direction. Um, so that, that was part of the thinking of, of being able to move it, being able to expand it and do something different with it. Um, and it has been a success and I see that it will continue to be a success. And I think that there are some ideas that will continue to grow the competition. Um, I had some ideas that, you know, the, they used to have the leaderboard that you'd walk around and stuff with. And I'm sitting there thinking, we got live streams scoring. Why don't we have five TVs lined up over here uh, on a table that are just running scoring the whole time? So you can sit there and see. We could create our own leaderboard with the technology that we have. Um, I don't know how to do it, so I told Ricky how to do it. But he didn't have why yeah. doesn't he have it done? He didn't have to worry about live streaming at this match. It should <laughs> right. be done by now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would tell you that while he didn't have to worry about live streaming going on. Rick was very concerned about live streaming not going on and, and, and everything he was trying to do to make it happen. Um, pulling every string he possibly could with Verizon as he worked through our business partners that we have with Verizon and trying stuff. And, um, and there was even, 
even a sit down with me, him and Sherwin with regards to, all right, let's, let's look at Starlink and let's look at the cost and what we can do and how we can move that around the country. And is that investment on the business side of it? Cause it's a lot more expensive than it is on the, um, the, the individual homeowner side of it. Um, just the equipment is, is 2,500 bucks a year. Um, let alone the, the $500 a month um, service. And then it doesn't necessarily work everywhere because they may not have enough um, outlets. However, they figure it out. But when you go and you pull up an area, it. If you, they, need, outlets, if you a, need outlets, I'll bring an extension cord. I mean, right. Well, <laughs> they, may already, they may be already uh, sub- surpassed uh, their subscription in that area. I got you. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I'm an ideas man. I'm on the technical side of things. You know, I still call Rick and I was like, all right, I can't, <laughs> I just sent him a text message last night and it was like, I can't log into this stupid conference call. My password's not working. I had pulled up the wrong link. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Jake, it, it's been great talking with you tonight. We appreciate your time. Before you go, let's do a quick public service announcement because we have the special election coming up. And uh, I know we've talked about this in the past and the participation rate of people that vote during the elections historically pretty, pretty darn low. So can you, uh, can you walk through everybody real quick, the election, how to vote and, and we'll go from there. Well, so the first thing I want people to understand is, is that um, on the USPSA website, right in the center of the USPSA website, there is a green bar that says information about the special election. And if you click on that, it's going to take you to, uh, the four candidates that are running for the president position. It will take you to their bio. It will take you to their Q&A. And also on there, it explains um, how the election process works. So the election actually opens on the 16th of May and runs until um, the 16th of June. You don't have to wait for the postcard with your PIN number to be mailed to you. Um, you can, but you don't have to. You can actually log into our website uh, and it'll walk you through the process for uh, doing the election, um, how you can cast your ballot. Uh, it's important for people to understand that if you got questions of these candidates, how to reach out to them is also on their Q&A and their bios. We are going to have also released tomorrow, we did uh, three of the four candidates who were available to do the Q&As on the USPSA podcast where I read the question and let them answer it, no debate, no, no back and forth, any of that stuff. Uh, they basically were, were asked the same question that was uh, the one that they typed up and answered, um, but they could walk through it and explain it a little bit better. So I think that was a very valuable thing for people to be able to listen to before they cast their vote. They can read, listen, and go and interact and if there's something that you're, you know, you're a diehard about and you want to know where they stand on it, or you have a question directly to them about um, things that have happened in the past or things that they're going to do in the future, all of these, all of these guys that are running, um, from what I've seen, have been very vocal. They've been very receptive to conversation and they've been out there. Um, so pay attention to that. This is very, very important to your sport. This is the guy that is going to be deciding 
on contracts for nationals. Dates, times, locations. This is the the uh, the person I should say um, uh, that is going to be kind of the face of the organization. This is the person that's going to be setting the agendas for the board to work on and talk about. Um, this is the person that's going to be working directly with the managing director position once that person is hired. So while there are people who think that that position may have been neutered or knocked down a little bit because it's not considered a full-time position, it is a salaried $66,000 a year is what, the, what they set that amount at. Um, person that is going to be representing you to the industry, to the matches, the people that are out there. And it's very important that you pick the person that you feel like best represents your best interest and the best interest of USPSA. And that's, that's two different things. <laughs> because some of my best interest may not be in the best interest of USPSA. So there are things that you, you, you may, you know, think would be great, but the overall best interest of USPSA may not agree with that. So um, that's the, that's the people you need to get out there. We've, we have done more promotion, more talk about more information, more access than we ever had for this election. Um, because previously it was just a Q and A and a bio that was in the magazine and that was it. Right. Um, I got, I got tired of doing that. Um, cause we always had people saying, you know, I don't get the magazine or it, it came late or, or whatever. Or I, I never knew this. And, um, so it's there. If you say that you don't have this information, cause we've been direct emailing as well. If you don't have this information, you've not looked, if you want to be involved and vote, and see what's out there. It's there for you to go and get and make a decision on. I just went to the site and found the big green bar as I scroll down and it's there and I clicked on it and absolutely here. And you're also telling us that um, for, you said three of the four candidates are, uh, have had is going to be on the podcast. Is that it? The USPSA podcast? Yeah. So there'll be each one of the candidates uh, um, that were able to participate was kind of short notice. Um, um, three of the four were able to participate in the timeline for us to get it edited and back out before the election started. And um, it will be released tomorrow with links on the website that will go on the downrange newsletter. Um, and then we'll post it up across the, the Facebook and Instagram channels as well. Um, they're each individual, so you can go and listen to each one of them. Not one of them lasts longer than 30 minutes. So there's absolutely no reason why you can't go and, and listen to um, the candidates that are out there and get a better idea of what they're talking about. And for everyone who stuck around this podcast after an hour and heard that, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Edit this and put it back in the beginning. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, fantastic. are you telling me that people are you telling me people are going to shut this off after after no, like 30 minutes no, of listening have, to me? We have extremely loyal listeners that just can't wait to hear this. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I've said this. This is this is uh, Steve and I love doing this because we get to talk to people and friends and and we get to talk shooting and we don't make a dime on this. And that's why we do it. And so, hey, 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 Jake, don't tell them all the money I'm making off. Of it. It, it, it would crush them. It really would. 
We'd have it's to just, pick uh, up the pieces. Much better to keep me in the dark. It's safer that I am, way. I'm a little curious that if you guys aren't making money off of this, how are you going to pay me for my appearance? <laughs> oh, man, the appearance fee. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> All right. It, 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 it's buried in the 100000 guys, I, I really... you. <laughs> Yeah, it's in there someplace. I, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys taking the time to do this, getting the information out there. You guys have done an awesome job with your podcast and promoting Seal Challenge um, and the teams that are out there. And I know that you guys have some matches coming up um, that you're going to shoot. Uh, I, unfortunately, I'm, I'm missing Area 5. I'm missing the Michigan State because of the schedule that we have with the other nationals. I think I'm going to try to make uh, Area 6. It just depends on um, a couple of other things that kind of have to fall into place. But I just uh, earlier today, I just went and got a cortisone shot into my left shoulder where I have a bone spur in my rotator cuff. So uh, the uh, for all those shooting nationals, Jake is setting himself up for why he had trouble. I I am setting myself up as to why I'm probably going to be shooting rimfire. (laughs) It's pretty elaborate, but I bought it. This awesome. is why we do the podcast, Jake. This is exactly why we do the podcast. I got, I got X-ray evidence. I got X-ray evidence of it too. It's horrible. You should see it. It would make, it would make grown men cry. Yeah, because hey, it Jake, made me cry. <laughs> Jake, the the next time you see Kurt Grimes, ask him to show you the picture of his knee replacement. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. No, I don't. Uh, I, yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best to stay away from all that stuff. That's probably better off. <laughs> yes yeah either that or i'm going full robotic yeah that's that's possible i was just right. i was just looking here you know we were talking about the uh the area championships and, and eights this weekend and then it looks like three's coming up here at the end of may uh five is uh early june uh seven is in august one is in august six uh is in september and oh, four is in October. So yeah, and they're and they're working on two. Great, it's fantastic. You know, and anyone out there yeah. in area two, you know, get involved, um, help out. I mean, uh, it's uh, it's important. It's important. I I can tell you um, that the the range in grand junction cameo can run it. They need a match director. Um, and August timeframe wasn't going to work, uh, in September, it could work even though they have the IDPA nationals, but they have eight new bays that they literally can run the IDPA nationals on one side and the area two still challenge on the other side. All right. Well, everybody out there in area two, you know, uh, you want to see that area match happen? Step up and uh, and put your uh, your name in for match director. It's uh, it's a lot of work. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'm a match director for a little level two at the WAC, um, but it is worth it when you put on a good match. And regardless of how well people shot, they tell you how much they enjoyed being at your range. So. Oh yeah, and the best part about the steel challenges is you don't have to design stages like yeah. the <laughs> yeah, that's right. The layout is you got you got yeah you got a map. <laughs> I, 
I'll throw this out there. So uh, our friend Kurt and Maria Grimes, um, the last couple of years have run amazing area yes. two match. One of the there best matches in the country. Um, but their son, Anthony, and daughter-in-law, Mo, are, uh, she's pregnant with twins. So it's going to be uh, maybe a week or two was her due date before where area two was going to be. Despite yeah, it's right in the middle. Bet. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right there. When he wouldn't, he wouldn't be able to put in the amount of time and effort. Yeah. And if she had the babies right then, then he was going to be gone, and there was nobody to fill in for him. So, yeah. Um, and and if he, he would have been at the match and missed the birth of the kids, uh, right? Well, Kurt, I got a big basement, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. It only happens once and you don't want to miss it. So take it, take that's it from right, all of us. Right. That, that is a, that is a great excuse, but it, it's an opportunity for somebody to kind of fill, fill in, move it to, um, you know, a, a, a great facility that's out there. I know that, that Leighton Othaisen, if you get a hold of him, area two at uspsa.org is, is willing to help. Um, they may be able to do something out at Rio Salado or Ben Avery and the Phoenix area as well. He has some contacts out there, but it would be in the November timeframe. Um, then he gets a little tied up because he is on the senior open world shoot team. So that's where his, he's got some restraints that he's running up against as well. Fantastic. Well, Jake, we really appreciate you coming on, sharing the information. Uh, hopefully this has uh, cleared up a lot of uh, questions of, pe- uh, of people, but you know what, if they do have further questions, um, and they'd like to talk to you and not on Facebook. What's the, what's the best way for them to contact you? <laughs> not, not on, on my personal Facebook pages. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and don't tag me either. Corey, <laughs> Corey Uh, uh, Jake, it, yeah. Jake at USPSA.org. Um, you, you can do, uh, that's my direct email. There's a couple of different ones that are on there that are on the contact site, support at USPSA, uh, front site at USPSA, um, nationals at USPSA. Uh, they, they all come through eventually and make it to me on that stuff. Um, but yeah, that's the best way to do it. Uh, communication through even on the, the USPSA Facebook page and messenger um, you're going to get an automatic reply back um, if you go on there and ask something. Just that's the way that it's set up because it's a business page. It just sends you an automatic reply. And I don't see that right away. But if you pop me an email, um, I'm usually uh, either right away or within 24 hours. It just depends on if I'm on the range. You know, I, I leave tomorrow to go to the Talladega to set up for the Classic Nationals. Um, and I'm there through like August or through May. May 24th or 25th, something like that. Um, then I turn around and go to Colorado for the two gun nationals. So uh, if it's, if it's something that's really, really pressing that has to do with like a club or scores or something like that, that's where you use the support at uspsa.org. So Heather, Nathan, Rick um, can get an answer quicker sometimes, but if it has to do with, with anything that, that I handle on my end of it, um, or you just have a question or comment concern. Um, or an idea, uh, pop it to me and I will get back to you as soon as I possibly can. Fantastic. Steve, you got anything you want to end uh, the podcast with? All right. Uh, Discount code SG podcast 10 for 10% off of anything out on rangestore.net. 
It's good talking with you, Jake. Good seeing you again. And uh, yeah, thank Jones, you guys. Always a pleasure. All right. Thanks, everybody. And thanks thank for you. listening. Bye bye. All right. See you.